And welcome back to the MDM Podcast on this Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. I'm joined with uh, Jonah Romberg as we uh, will recap the, the week one of the 2019-2020 NFL season. And we'll also get to a little baseball, Yankees, Mets. But I do want to start with the Mets and Noah Syndergaard, rather, because another leaked article out of the New York Post this morning was Noah Syndergaard is, quote, livid with the Mets management that he has to catch to Wilson Ramos. And listen, I'm not going to defend Syndergaard, but the stats do show you that he does so much better with Tomas Nito or Rene Rivera at the plate, behind the plate. But you also have to acknowledge the fact that Wilson Ramos is a 290-300 hitter. So... I'm not going to spend much time on this because I don't want to keep Jonah waiting. We have a lot of football to talk about. But Ron Darling said it best on the broadcast last night. At the end of the day, Noah Syndergaard, you are the person that's going to throw the ball before every pitch. You have the decision to make. So Noah Syndergaard, instead of complaining about your catcher, you take control of the game. You tell Wilson Ramos what you want to throw in this situation. Because if the Mets are still trying to make the playoffs, and if you ask me, it's over, they're done. If they still want to make the playoffs, you need Ramos's bat in the lineup every day. And Syndergaard needs to take control of his game. And if he wants to be better, throw the pitch you want to pitch. Call Ramos out to the mound. Listen, I don't like what you're doing. The stats show it. Let me control the game. And I I trust a guy like Ron Darling, who's been doing it forever. So, again, I don't want to spend much time on it, but that's all. And then um, we'll t- quickly touch on James Paxton, who, for the past eight starts, has looked like the guy that the Yankees traded for back in December. And as of right now, on September 10th at 525 in the afternoon, James Paxton is my game one starter in the ALDS. Bearing a monster struggle. But right now, he's penciled in his game one. Tanaka 2, Herman 3, let's go. But. Joe, if I can add on. Yeah, of course. I've heard the Yankees on Wednesday are going to start CC, but with Domingo Herman in the bullpen. What is that all about? I think they're just trying to like limit his arm usage because remember it's Herman's first full season as a starter, and if they want him to be uh, fully healthy in the playoffs, they're trying to preserve some of his arm so he can throw the longer innings in the playoffs. Now we went into this season with an innings limit on Herman, so I'm not all that surprised that he's being shifted to the bullpen for the last month. And you know what? They don't really need him now. You can go with some of the other options. You can go with CC in September. And when the playoffs come around, it'll be swapped. CC will be in the bullpen, and Herman will be starting. And hopefully Severino will be able to give you three or four innings with it. But it doesn't really bother me right now because they're just trying to control his, uh, his arm. All right, so you re- you ready to go over to football? Sure. All right, I'm glad. No, no, we're still, we're still going. So here on Tuesday, we go into – we finish week one – with already a game of the year candidate between the Houston Texans and New Orleans Saints. And it was a good game all around, but of course the last minute and 10 seconds really set it all. 
And uh, I'm just going to go over what happened quickly. The Sean Watson to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. The Sean Watson to Kenny Stills in the end zone. And then on the PAT, Alex Anzalone roughed the Texans kicker, which forced a re-kick, and they made it. So now with only 50 seconds left in the game, Drew Brees being Drew Brees gets the his team into field goal position. And for some reason I can't fathom, the Texans are playing 25 yards deep. Now, Jonah, if you want to try and justify this, go ahead. But from a fan perspective, I don't understand what's go- why why the Texans were doing that. I really don't understand it. I Maybe they were expecting something out of the Miami Miracle sorts, but they're down one. They're at their own 50. They're at the 50. And you got to be better than that. Bill O'Brien, he's kind of coaching for his job here. And he's just making mistake after mistake, you know? And and it's not like we're talking about a Jets kicker. This is Will Lutz. Will Lutz is one of the most proven kickers in the league. He can make a field goal from 45, 50 yards. So that's not a problem. I don't understand why I mean, I guess I I mean, I guess you can say they they expected something from Drew Brees, but I don't I I don't even understand that. They're down one point. Yeah, they're down one point with a timeout, so it's not like they need to get out of bounds. They could just throw it over the middle, which they did to Ted Ginn. He was wide open, got him to the 40, and bam, it's got to be better than that. And you and mentioned the coach is playing for his job, and they pretty much threw away their future with, with the trade to Miami, giving up two first-round picks. And uh, they have expectations this year. They, that's, that's, that's a road, uh, road uh, loss that, let's be honest, they were controlling most of that game. They had an easy win, if not for maybe this destructive defensive play. Exactly. As the, the Texans consider themselves contenders this year, and Bill O'Brien is coaching to be a contender this year with a great quarterback, but you can't be doing this. This would be a huge win for them it, on the road in New Orleans, and they blew it. It shows Texans aren't really a true contender to the Pats, really. All right, so let's uh let's shift over to um local. And before we actually start that, I do want to note that we had a uh, Sunday uh, football show planned, but uh, miscommunications from multiple group members caused us to postpone that. We will be back Sunday, week two, but week one for us, so we do apologize. But we will be back. So let's get on to the Jets. Who um not a surprise, okay? The kicker's been uh disastrous from week one of the preseason and the inability to find a competent kicker came back to haunt them against the bills this weekend. Yes. As I noted preseason Joe can do to attest to this, okay. that the jets special teams would cost them two or three games this year. I had them winning nine games, but I said the special teams could cost them close games. Like week one, this cost them a huge game. It was out. This is a home game. They're starting off with back-to-back home games. And you can't start off like this. Blowing a 16-0 lead due to kicking. And throughout that first half, you know, Josh Allen threw four, uh, four, uh, had four turnovers. That didn't really help. But the defense looked awesome. C.J. Mosley was worth every dollar that um that first half. And they were, they were controlling the game, rather. And coming out of the second half... And we kind of saw it the whole game. The offensive line didn't help Darnold nor Le'Veon Bell throughout the entire game. And I don't want to blame it all on the kicker, but this offensive line played a huge part in this loss. Right. Darnold was constantly under pressure. And when he was, when he did have a bit of time, he was making good throws. But 
he was constantly under duress and you know and never it's never a recipe for success for a 22 year old quarterback such as Darnold. And feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm seeing a trend from these younger uh, quarterbacks, and I guess it's it comes with the job. But the inability to scramble and get the ball away seems to bite up these younger quarterbacks and uh, causes sacks from uh, 15 yards deep. It's not a good recipe for success, and we saw Darnold do it a little bit, and uh, that also didn't play a huge part. But you're right, the offensive line did not really help at all, and um. The kicker and the offensive line are the two main components on um on why they lost to the Bills. But I also do want to get to the trade uh from that just happened just an hour ago. Jonah, do you wanna do you wanna say what it was? Uh yes, breaking Demarius Thomas from New England to the New York Jets in division trade. The Jets trade a six rounder for Demarius Thomas. And my twenty twenty one six rounder, may I add. Oh may I add, this is a great trade for New England. As they picked up Demarius Thomas, who was a free agent two weeks ago, and just flipped him for a six-rounder. This is how Belichick does it. And I, I, I read a couple things. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel on it yet, but it's kind of like a slap in the face to to Demarius Thomas trading him in division, and they play them next week after this Monday Night Football game against the Browns. I mean, it's a business, you know. Football is a business. He isn't like a top-tier quarterback either way. He's, tra- he's being trained from the best team in the league to the Jets. But you got to expect something like this. Now, do you think, as, as, a, as a big football fan, do you think that this had anything to do with A.B. going to New England? It has a lot to do with it because he was supposed to be their wide receiver three behind Gordon and Edelman, obviously. And now, now he's, he's, now he's one. Star receivers, and there's really no need for Demarius Thomas to and, be there. And where do you see um, Demarius Thomas lining up with the Jets uh, numbers-wise? Like uh, one, two, three, like four. Where do, where do you see him slotting in? Well, the Jets receiver group is very weak, obviously, because you got Robbie Aside, Yes, yeah, so aside oh. from Robert Anderson. I'd have him behind as a wide receiver three behind Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunua, who's pretty solid. But Demarius Thomas, he's a veteran, and I can see why the Jets got him. I just think it's much a much better trade for Belichick. Yeah, and, and like you said, being able to flip him for a pick to signing him a couple weeks ago, that was good. Uh, do you have anything else you want to end on the Jets before we head over to um, our New York Giants? Yes, that the Jets got... Um, a new kicker, um, Ficken. What was his first name? Uh, Sam. And Sam Ficken from uh, Los Angeles a couple years ago. He filled in there. When and and Green Bay. He also played for Green Bay. It was cut there. <clears throat> but, yeah, he was there. He went to Penn State, and we'll see if he can do better against the Browns on Monday Night Football. I mean, I feel like anything's better than, than what they got this weekend. I had a couple people to, uh, tell me about the they were going to get his jersey because he was that bad. Hmm. So I wouldn't see that. So they did hold tryouts, and I guess like I mean, I guess he looked the best out of all of them. And uh, hopefully, he'll there'll just be a turning around with the with the kicking uh kicking court. They need it to, if they because like you said, two or three games is a lot in the NFL, and it's already happened once. How many more times is it gonna happen again with the same quarterback? So uh, excuse me, kicker. All right, sorry for the technical difficulties, but we're back and we'll move on to the New York Football Giants, who got destroyed by the Cowboys. And I want you to start, Jonah, because you know, give the, give the score and uh, and the big things. And I'm and, uh, you could play host here for a second. All right, so Dallas won thirty-five to seventeen. It was thirty-five ten, but the Giants scored a 
garbage time touchdown with Wayne mm-hmm. Gallman. Mm-hmm. And while the the offense worries me, Eli Manning looked inconsistent on one drive. He looked like prime Eli, and the next drive he looked one step away from retirement. And 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 what we saw out of the opening out of the opening drive was a Saquon touchdown. And I don't know if I I probably can't speak for most people, but. I was giddy. I was like, I was, I was getting excited. I was, I was ready for another for a season of football, and all of the expectations of five, four, five, six wins was out the window once Saquon ran over the line to score the touchdown. And I can't blame you. I felt a little giddy too, but you know, it's still the same team. But well, they got the stop, and then they got a touchdown. It felt great. It felt like a new Giants, like a new era. Mm-hmm. But you still got to th- you still got to remember this isn't a team with high hopes. No, abs- absolutely not. And a, and a defense that consists of mostly rookies and and if not mostly younger players, uh, they didn't look too well. And of no. course, we have to, uh, the the process that Dave Gettleman speaks of and Pat Shermer speak of is letting these guys develop at the NFL level. So it's gonna take time, and if, and they looked awful. Okay, they they the Dak Prescott and um and the Cowboys ran circles around them. But again, we got to give it time. We got to give the we got to give the defense time just to develop. And um, we also saw a little bit of Daniel Jones in the end, who uh, fumbled a bit. Yeah, you can't. The Daniel Jones drive it means little to absolutely absolutely nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. He threw three for four, seventeen yards means nothing. But I do agree. It's better than Rosen. Worries me, man. Well, I do agree. This is going to be like a two to three year process. Gettleman is here for the, he's trying to build a long term plan, which I do like. It's a rebuild. You know? Yeah, you, you gotta appreciate uh, you gotta appreciate what he's doing here. And the team may be awful, but the, the cornerstone pieces that he's put in here with Saquon, Daniel Jones, Will Hernandez, this team has a lot of a lot of pieces that they can build around and be great in the future. Of course, I. I'm going to say, I don't know if you'll agree with this, it's kind of like how the Cowboys did a few years ago when they got Ezekiel Elliott. They built the offensive line through the drafts over the years. They got Eze- they got Dak Prescott, who should be their franchise cornerstone once they give him a big extension. Not you know, not, not $40 million a year, right? Uh, he played pretty good on Sunday. I'm thirty-five million. <laughs> no, but right after, right after Romo retired, they kind of hit the mini reset button, and now... They, they they built what they could, and now it's time to pay them all. But, you know, they got Zeke. They traded for Amari Cooper last year. Dak Prescott's the new franchise quarterback. They got something They got something special down in uh, down Dallas, and they were able to do it pretty swiftly right after Romo left. Yeah, and they built a great defense, <coughs> too. They have a lot. They signed all their weapons, like Lyle Collins to, to Marcus Lawrence, my, my, my bad. And, and, you know, the Cowboys should be set. They have a really young team, and they paid most of their guys. They should be set for at least – Four, three years to come. And after the first couple drives, the, the the Dallas defense really started to settle in. And like you said, we didn't really see a lot of action until the last, in, until the fourth quarter when um, it was just like a, like a dumpster touchdown. But uh, other than that, they, you know, they, they you, you can't expect a lot. It's hard to hard to get excited, and it's hard to get upset when they don't when they don't perform to your liking. I mean, it, it is a rebuilding team, and they're playing against a team who people think, some people think, that they're contenders this year. And, and clearly better team. than them. Clearly, and they have a lot of talent on that team, clearly contenders to win the NFC East. 
And this is a 5-11 and Giants team who just lost some of their best players and are playing rookies. And you look at the schedule and you see some games that are winnable, that they are definitely better than, like the Dolphins and maybe the Cardinals, who we'll get into in just a moment. I know you wanted to talk about that game. But um, do you have anything else you want to add about the Giants this week? Uh, yeah, I'd like to add. I, I want to see how, if he does, how Daniel Jones does against a young quarterback like Josh Rosen. He's not going to play. Possibly He's Kyler Murray. And you think he'll? You think Josh you think Allen. he'll be in by that? By Kyler Murray? No. By Josh Rosen? Yes. I I definitely agree with Rosa. I don't know about Murray. I would love to see a little like you know face to face of two I would draft like to quarterbacks see a mono, this year. Imano, rookie quarterback, the the first pick who has met with praise versus the sixth pick who has met with a Paul. So and that would be nice to see. Would I be wrong to say that? The first overall pick this year, Kyler Murray, kind of lived up to his expectations in week one. You would be wrong at first, but in the third and fourth quarter and in overtime, yeah, he looked awesome. Man. He and his new best buddy, Larry Fitzgerald, looked awesome uh, on Sunday. And I, I know you wanted to talk about this. This will be the last game we'll mention. But... um. Yet, just out of the second half, it was a completely different Kyler Murray. He looked much more relaxed. He looked so much looser, and he looked like a like a comfortable quarterback in, the, in an NFL environment. I mean, yeah, in the first half, he was taking hits. He was throwing short. He looked like a rookie quarterback. But in the second half, he, t- he flipped the switch, and the Cardinals, they turned it on, and they tied the game somehow against the Detroit team that everyone thought was going to just blow them out in Arizona. And, their first game, but clearly Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, maybe they're maybe they're better than we think. Maybe they could have a surprise year. And it was just a heartbreaker for the Lions, who who like you said were expected to go in there and take care of business in in Arizona, but uh, uh, Kyler Murray just coming out of nowhere and uh, pretty much just destroying the hopes in the game. I mean, yeah, it was, Detroit. it was in Arizona, but Detroit was up 16, I think. There was a lot of blue in that crowd. I was watching a lot of blue in the crowd. Yeah, but you got vets like uh, Matthew Stafford, second-year coach Matt Patricia. They, they just blew it. No, our good friend Matt Patricia. So, credit, um, Credits to the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, and, and what we saw in the second half – we can't expect that right out of the gate for our very own Daniel Jones. We can't expect him to come in whatever week eight, week nine, whatever you want to put him in, and be as great as he was in that second half. And quite frankly, I don't. I'm not expecting another great game from Kyler Murray next week. You can. I don't know if you know who they're playing. I don't see him coming out and doing the same thing he did last week. Yeah, I don't expect that really because it is tough for a rookie quarterback to catch fire like that. We've only seen that a few times over the years. But what it's it's Cardinals fans. It's very promising to see. You'd love to see it. But the Cardinals still have a tough division with very tough defenses in the Niners, Seahawks, and Rams. So it's going to be tough for Kyler in those six games. And maybe what he was showing you there, maybe he won't you know, execute it right out of the gate in the coming weeks. But that is right. what Kyler Murray is capable of. And if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm ecstatic watching this guy because now I'm excited. This guy, seem, he, he's our... Uh, our, our, you know, Josh Rosen traded. He is our new franchise quarterback. Yeah. And after what? Good. Uh, after our, what we saw with Rosen last year, he didn't look good at all last year. He he didn't look good in the in the, in the in the one half. He didn't look good in the couple snaps he took with uh, Miami. 
No, no. So an interception. If you have anything else you want to add about this week, go ahead and take any game you want. Uh, I'd like to say Cleveland disappointed me. Oh, yeah. And and Odell got a little too much. He's kind of being a little, I'm not going to say it's like Antonio Brown, but he's being a little too, because he said that nobody else would be get mad at him. Nobody else would get mad if it wasn't him wearing the Richard Milley uh, Apple Watch. Oh, so he's, he's, a dra- he's a drama queen. I'm so glad we dumped him. Yeah, and like, you'll see him on uh, primetime next week on Monday Night Football against the Jets. Monday Night Football, Browns, Jets, two teams that disappointed, so we can see if it's gonna be a go either on. one of them bounce back to a big win. No, I see. I definitely see the Jets bouncing back. They have a little more. They have they had the longer week to recover and uh, you know rest up. And I de- I you know I think I saw earlier today that the Browns are already a two and a half point favorite. I think the Jets can easily take this game if if they can recover. And I, I mean, you got to see if a team leader, like a veteran like Le'Veon Bell, a first-year coach like Adam Gase, because right now the team spirit's kind of low. So you got to see if Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Adam Gase can bring it back up. They can beat the Browns and, you know, get the season back on track. That's what Jets fans hope for. And I didn't think, so if we go back to the Jets for a second, I didn't think Adam Gase looked great as a play caller, especially on the offensive side. There were times when, I, you know, Josh Rosen throw it. I didn't understand. Yeah, I mean, Donald, the play calling for him and Le'Veon, the, the offensive line isn't helping, obviously. Absolutely not. But eight points total for the offense because of the pick six and the safety, and the Jets' offense just looked kind of sluggish, even though Darnold's a second year and it's your first game with Le'Veon. All right, let's slowly wrap this up here. So uh, thank you, Jonah. You can go follow him on Twitter at uh, Jose23JRonberg. Uh, That's only on Twitter. And uh, you can get me at uh, Joe Morales underscore on Twitter and follow the show while you're at it, MDM Podcast, also on Twitter. And um, we will see you, Jonah, this Sunday for the first edition of Week 2 on the Sunday special. Me, you, Davin, Moscarello. We'll, uh, we'll uh, you know take a look at Week 2 and we'll give our picks. And uh, I think I think you're picking a Thursday game, right? If you're gonna pick a Thursday, you, do you think you're picking a Thursday game yet? Uh, yes, I am. All right, all right. We're, we'll, you know, what we'll do if you are gonna pick a Thursday game, we'll tweet it out so you don't like cheat on Sunday. Be like, yeah, I picked the you know the winning team. So we'll make sure we document that before you before you come on Sunday. But uh, thank you so much That's for coming good. on. All right, see ya. And that'll do it for Jonah Romberg and for this edition of the MDM Podcast. I am Joe Morales. Once again, follow us on Twitter at the MDM Podcast and me at Joe Morales underscore only on Twitter. And uh, we'll be back on Sunday for the first edition of the Sunday special. I'm out.